Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to the Rhino History Podcast. In this episode, I shall be starting a mini-series on the Angevin Empire. For those who are unaware what the Angevin Empire is, the Angevin Empire is a term used to describe the holdings of the so-called Angevin kings of England, who controlled lands in France and England during the 12th and 13th centuries. And at their peak, their possessions included total control of Anjou, which is where the Angevin name comes from, Aquitaine, and Normandy in France, all of uh, all of England, but not all of Britain, as they still did not control, or they did not have total control over Scotland and Wales, and they also had strong control over Eastern Ireland and limited control over Western Ireland. And I'm starting off today with the background and the formation of the empire, and that will probably occupy most of this episode, though I may also go in a bit to how the empire began to expand after being initially formed. So to start off with how this empire came to be, they know that the Counts of Anjou, who are the founders of the empire, had been attempting to increase the power in the northwestern France region, the region of northwestern France since the 900s, and due to their attempts to gain more power and due to other reasons, they were constant enemies of the Dukes of Normandy and of Brittany, and often were opposed to the French king, who wanted to keep the nobles and the different dukes and duchy and the leaders of the different dukes and duchies from getting too powerful to keep himself safe. They knows that Folk the Fourth, who's the who we'll start the story with, claimed control over Touraine, Maine, and Nantes, all of which were smaller regions. However, he was only able to effectively rule the province of Touraine. And Folk, this man, the Folk the Fourth, would marry his son, who would be called Folk the Younger to the heiress of the province of Maine, Ermengard, which created a personal union which ended up unifying Anjou with Maine, the province, not the state, in America. And why these why these Anjous who are now known as the, who became called the Angevin dynasty, was successfully consolidating power in northwestern France. Their Norman rivals had already conquered England in the 1000s, and meanwhile in the rest of France you got... Some people know as the Ramnolfids, who are now the Dukes of Aquitaine and also of Gascony. And the Count of Blois, also, whose name was Stephen, had become the Count of Champagne. So now you only have France split between a couple, only a few noble families rather than a lot of them. Soon enough, a period known as the Anarchy would take place in which there would be a civil war in England and Normandy, which caused a lot of breakdowns, which is why it was called the Anarchy. And it started off with in 1106 with Henry I defeating his brother and angering his nephew, who was the Count of Flanders. And Henry ended up using his paternal influence, to inheritance, sorry, not influence, to take control of both the Duchy of Normandy and the English, the Kingdom of England. And he also tried to establish an alliance with Anjou by marrying his legitimate son, William, to the daughter of Folk the Younger Matilda. However, William ended up dying in the so-called White Ship Disaster, which, as you can probably tell, prevented the wedding from happening. However, even though this marriage did... Actually, no, sorry. Even though this marriage between Folk the Younger and Matilda did not happen, Henry ended up marrying his Matilda to one of Folk's other sons, Geoffrey V, which ended up causing it to be fixed. It caused the issue to be fixed. He was the son of Folk and Folk's successor as well. 
However, the thing to know is that Henry's subjects had to accept Matilda's inheritance to the throne of England, which is kind of a something which they were not certain of because this was before they had really had many queens rule, and there had only been one occasion at this time of a previous medieval queen who was in charge before, and she was not exactly like the greatest of rulers, so it was not a very encouraging precedent. However, nonetheless, in early 1127, the Anglo-Norman barons and prelates who were just the nobility ended up recognizing her as the heiress to the throne, and, they got, and she married Geoffrey in 1128. However, in order for Matilda to secure her succession to the throne, she and her husband needed both castles and fortifications in Normandy and England, as well as supporters in both things, to make sure that she would not be facing threats. I think there's that, but if they succeeded in this, there'd be issues as Matilda and the king would both gain power, as at this point her king, her, her father had not stepped down, so this could have created some issues where now if Matilda's trying to put up a power base, now this clashes between the king and Matilda. I've had the king end up running this by refusing to give any castles to Matilda to prevent her from gaining fortifications and by confiscating the land of nobles who he thought were supporting her. He knows by 1135, this dispute had harshened to the point where a lot of nobles previously loyal to Henry ended up being against Matilda now. And in November Henry would of that same year, Henry would be dying, and Matilda would be with her husband in Maine and Anjou. While Matilda's cousin, cousin Stephen, who was at this point the brother of the Count of Blues in Champagne, was in Boulogne. And upon hearing the death of Henry, Stephen ended up rushing to England before Matilda could, making himself the king and getting himself crowned the king. And now, as a result, this Geoffrey ended up sending Matilda to Normandy on this diplom- diplomatic mission to be recognized as Normandy's Dutch. Duchess, that way she could replace Stephen, and Geoffrey ended up following pretty quickly with his army and ended up seizing several fortresses in the southern part of Normandy. However, at this point, there was a rebellion in Anjou which forced Geoffrey to retreat back so that he could prevent his rear from being attacked, and by the time that he returned back to Normandy in 1136, the region had been had become plagued with a lot of internal fighting between all the different barons. The news that Stephen couldn't travel to Normandy at this point, so the situation remained pretty chaotic. And by this point, Geoffrey ended up making them allies with the Count of Vendôme and William X, who was a Duke of Aquitaine at this point. And at this point, Henry got a new army, and he returned, or he was forced to return to Anjou, however, after being wounded once again, and his army was plagued by an outbreak of diarrhea, which was quite bad. And by 1137, Stephen would finally return from England to Normandy to restore order. By this point, he'd lost a lot of support in the eyes of his supporter, Robert of Gloucester, who was actually his main supporter, which is why this was such a heavy blow. And Robert ended up supporting ended up supporting Geoffrey and Matilda instead. He switched sides. And Geoffrey stood, continued to push back in. He ended up taking both Cain and Argenton, which are sizable regions, uh, no, sizable little, like, cities and regions. This is like a city, but with, like, surrounding territory, so it's almost like a little region in and of itself. However, even though he was able to do this now, that Robert was supporting them, he also had to defend Robert's possessions. And in 1139, Robert and Matilda actually ended up trying to open up another front in England, and they actually were successful at this, and then 
And they were able to, after two years, they were able to capture Stephen, which ended up causing his his authority to collapse because, I mean, once you're imprisoned, you're not going to really be king anymore. You can't really project the authority of a king. And by this point, Geoffrey controlled almost all of Normandy after his sizable conflict, or sizable and lengthy, not like super lengthy, but still two years is a significant time to fight. However, he ended up losing, or he did, he had lost total support in Aquitaine because Eleanor, the daughter of William X, had succeeded him, and she had married Louis the Seventh of France. And Louis was at this point unconcerned with the events in Normandy and England. He was focused on other things. And while Geoffrey considered to continue to consolidate power in Normandy, Matilda started losing in England. And at one point, Robert of Gloucester would actually be captured. And as a result, Stephen was forced to be freed, or they were forced to free Stephen to get Robert back, which ended up helping him revitalize somewhat of his power and claim. And by 1142, Geoffrey was actually asked by Matilda for some assistance, but he had refused because at this point he was more interested in seizing control of Normandy and adding to his French holdings rather than seizing an English holdings in England. And after capturing a series of territories, Rouen, who was at this point one of his, or was one of his, like one of the last major holdouts against him, surrendered in 1144. And he ended up getting himself appointed as Duke of Normandy. In exchange for handing over the, uh, handing over Jessorge to Louis VII, he would be formally recognized by Louis VII, which helped him similarize his authority even more. And at this point, he still did not assess him to ex- assist Matilda, even though she was about to leave his auntie was his wife. Um, and soon enough, Henry's investment as Duke would cause further... Ab- not, it did not cause it, but soon after his investment as Duke, there was a further rebellions in Anjou, including Geoffrey's younger brother, who was demanding control of Maine. And at this point of an- unrest in Anjou, Geoffrey ended up d- dropping his title as Duke and investing his son Henry as Duke, they're still dominating the affairs in Normandy. And Stephen did not give up his fingers at Stephen, who was the person that Matilda and Geoffrey were fighting, still had not given up his claim on Normandy. Even though Louis VII first recognized Geoffrey and later Henry. And after Geoffrey died in 1151, Henry became the Duke of Normandy and the Count of Anjou, as well as having titles to Touraine and men which gave him a sizable chunk of territory. And according to the statement of William of Newburgh, a man who lived at the a historian who lived at the time, Geoffrey's vassals actually forced Henry to give an oath that he would hand over Anjou to his younger brother Geoffrey after Geoffrey Sr. died. And this was like these dying wish of the elder Geoffrey and this would only kick in, however, if Henry would gain the throne of England. And in 1152, Louis VII and Eleanor ended up having their marriage annulled. And this annulment still left Eleanor as the Duchess of Aquitaine, but she would became a vassal of Louis. And within eight weeks, Eleanor married Henry, which made Henry a Duke of Aquitaine. Henry, who was the Duke of Normandy and the Count of Anjou at this point also a Duke of Aquitaine and Gascony and the Count of Pointers, and at this point, Henry was no longer willing to give Anjou to his brother because Anjou was in the cent- was ne- in the center of his territories, 
and giving it seeding and due to his brother would result in him splitting his territories, which would really mess with his ability to consolidate power. And true enough, there was a coalition of Henry's enemies was formed by Louis the Seventh. He pulled up Stephen the Stephen of England, who at this point is consolidated control over England, and Stephen's son, Henry the First, and Robert of Drew, as well as the brother of Henry, who saw that his brother would not cede Anjou to him. And soon enough, forces of this alliance ended up attacking Aquitaine in Normandy, and Geoffrey ended up also. Then this Geoffrey ended up Geoffrey Jr. in this case, Henry's brother ended up raising a result in Anjou, and Stephen ended up attacking people loyal to the Anjouins in England. And soon enough, some of the Anglo-Norman or nobles ended up switching allegiance, seeing that the fact that they could suffer for their support of Henry, and ended up switching it instead to this new alliance. And Henry, at this point, is pulling on sailing to England to. Pursue his claim to their throne when his lands were attacked, and he ended up first going to Anjou, where he was able to get Geoffrey to surrender. And then he ended up taking the decision to go to England in January of 1153 to meet Stephen. And luckily for Henry at this point, Louis felt ill had to retire from the conflict, and Henry was able to defend and really hold his enemies at bay. And after fighting in England for several months, Henry was unable to get rid of Stephen, but used to, when Stephen's son ended up dying, Stephen ended up giving up, which resulted in him ratifying the Treaty of Winds Test, which basically made Henry the heir to Stephen on the condition that his family's, pos- uh, that's his family, Stephen's possessions, the ones that were not linked to his role as king, were guaranteed in England and France, and that Henry would basically not take those possessions away. And Henry ended up becoming King Henry II of England upon Stephen's death of 1154. And at this point, the question was raised again about that oath Henry had taken to cede Anjou to his brother Geoffrey. And Henry ended up getting a dispensation from the Pope, the Adrian IV, to basically say that you don't have to give in to the oath. It was forced upon you. And he ended up proposing that he would give some compensations to Geoffrey, who ended up refusing and going back to Anjou to rebel. And why Geoffrey may have had a pretty good claim to and a pretty strong claim, his position in Anjou was quite weak, as he could not get the support of Louis, since Henry ended up paying homage to Louis for the con- his continental possessions. And at this point, Henry would cre- crush the result, the revolt by Geoffrey, and Geoffrey would have to be satisfied with a pension and no actual territorial holdings. And at this point, the Angevin Empire had formally been formed. After a series of brutal battles in the failure of the elder and the elder Geoffrey and his wife Matilda, the younger the son of Geoffrey, Henry would be able to successfully use both marriage and conflict to grow his existing territorial holdings to encompass England and significant lands in France. I'm going to... Sign off for this episode, and next I'm going to be focusing on the expansions of the Angevin Empire from what it was to something even greater. Thanks for listening, everyone, and once again, this was the Random History Podcast.